Binyamin is being accused for a crime, a crime of theft, a grand theft of Yosef's Gvia, his magical goblet. Originally, at the, at the end of Mikates, when the brothers are leaving town and um, Yosef's attendant catches up to them, Menashe, the Medrash identifies it as Menashe, and Menashe declares to them that one of you have stolen the goblet. So they say that if it's true, the thief should be killed, the rest should be taken as slaves. And Yosef's attendant says, no, 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 that's not overkill. The one that the goblet is found by should be taken a slave, and the rest will be free. So each one is taken down a notch, right? The thief himself won't be killed, taken as a slave, and the rest will go free. Lo and behold, Binyamin is found with the goblet. The brothers tear their clothes. By the way, the Medrash Rabbah says that because Manasseh was the attendant and he caused the brothers to tear their garments, that's why he was the shaved that was torn in half. Years later, Manasseh was the one shaved that was split in half, half to be in Eretz Yisrael, half to be in Transjordan, east of the Yarden, together with Reuven and God. And the reason of Manasseh's fate to be torn apart, the Major says, was because he had the brothers rend their garments. Now, why would they say, just that we talked, I asked this on Shabbos, why would they say the person that's found is going to die? What they learned what happened with Yaakov and Rachel? So the truth is, the truth is that Reb Chaim Brisker learns that when Yankov told Love and whoever stole the idol should die, it was not a curse. It was just a, a halachic piece of information. Because they were goyim, and a guy that steals, if a guy violates any of his seven mitzvahs, he gets the death penalty. A Jew who steals can pay back, as we'll see. But a guy has to get the death penalty. So B'chaim Briska learns that Yankov wasn't giving a curse, he was just stating a statement. <laughs> that if someone did steal... Okay, but it's just, it's just a psak halacha that if someone did steal, they would die. So these brothers, their brothers it's almost like you, you could say like this, Yehuda's saying that since if someone steals, they would die, you could be sure that no one stole it. Since the consequence for theft is death, you could be sh They were so sure no one stole it. Anyhow, the moment it was found, Yehuda puts a different bargaining chip, right? He, Thank God he for says, Manasha. he saves them all. He says, no, 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 I'll, I'm not gonna take it. Right, so Manasha lowered down, the, both, both of them down a tier. The thief won't be killed, he'll be taken as a slave, and the rest won't be slaves, he'll go free. But it's almost like Manasha when reversed the well, whole thing, well, well, he's a tzaddik too. He's a, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. When Binyamin, when Binyamin, no, was found with no, the gvia with the cup. Where's the? Yiftach later on. They start searching, and by the way, it says that Bagodol Hachol or Bakotel They started with yeah. the older. No, the. Right away, the attendant says, no, no, no. Kidvarechem Kenu, really, you're right, but I'm going to go beyond the letter of the law. The Ganav should be an Evid, and the rest should be free. Mm -hmm. So it's already Menashe who said Menashe that. Right, well, it's already, who, or whoever the attendant is, the Medrash identifies it as Menashe. Then, then they started searching, and it says they began by the oldest, they finished by the youngest. And obviously, they didn't want it to be suspicious that they knew who the, the thief was. There, the Medrash says, though, they actually only searched in two sacks, Shimon and Binyamin. When it says they searched Bagod on the oldest one, it means Shimon, the second to oldest. 
Ubakot and Kili finished with the youngest is Binyamin. They only searched in two, Shimon and Binyamin. Why? Why would it be only them two? What's Pshat in the Medrash? Why would it be they only searched two sects? That 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 was uh, that was a long time before. Now now Reuven Reuven was still by his father. Now a long time later. No, so you know you know the somebody asked me this many years ago and what's uh, pshat in the medrash. So Baruch Hashem, I learned Chumash that day. So I the the brothers the brothers told Menashe, how could it be we stole? We have a kavachomer. If the money that somehow was put back in our sacks and we, we brought back, how could we steal? It's a kalvachaymer. So Menashe is a good kalvachaymer, but it doesn't work for Shimon and Binyamin because Shimon was in jail the whole time. He didn't bring back the extra money. Binyamin didn't come the first time. So neither of them have the kalvachaymer. So <laughs> that's why the measure says it was only Shimon and Binyamin. But either way, the Gvia is found and uh, they come to Yosef's house. And now Yehuda says, you know what we should do? We should all be avodim. So this is really a third option. The first option was the Ganav should be killed, the rest be avodim. Menashe says, no, 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 no. Just the Ganav being ever, the rest of you go free. Once Binyam is found to be the culprit, Yehuda says, new option. We're all avodim. And Yosef reiterates the same thing that Menashe said, no. Only the thief should be an ever, the rest go free. And then we come to today's Chumash where Yehuda is angry. Vayigash elov Yehuda. Yehuda is he's flustered, he's angered. So the Al Shechas, I don't get it. Yehuda, Yehuda's option was Yehuda, Yehuda put on the table that we should all be Avodim, right? And Yosef said, no, why would we do that? Only the thief. And now Yehuda's angry at Yosef. Yosef showed a gesture of favor. Like, why would this cause Yehuda to be angered? Yehuda was ready, they should all become Avodim. Yehuda says, no, only the thief. He can't come right, back right. without Binyamin. What? He can't come back to his father without Binyamin. No, but why was he angry at, why would be, he became angry at Yosef? Val Yichar Abcha, he started speaking cautious to Yosef. Yehuda himself had offered that they all become Avodim. Yosef was like, no, 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 the, nine, the rest of you go free, just the Ganav stay. All of a sudden, Yosef feels... Uh, Yehuda has negative feeling towards Yosef. How do you explain that? He wasn't so, angry at like the whole drama situation. that was going on for the past. So okay, right, okay, so, all right, all right, all right, all possible, all possible. The Alshich says it's very simple. The Alshich says, in the end of Mikates, when the the brothers, when they see that Binyamin was caught up in this uh, in this calamity, they say to themselves, the Abish orchestrated this. The Abish orchestrated this. For the crime we did to Yosef many years ago. Okay, Binyamin's one of the brothers. Yipunk wasn't there at the time, but the brothers collectively are being punished, and Binyamin is not being spared. When the public gets punished, even individuals who are innocent can also unfortunately become, get smitten, get hurt. So Yehuda thought this was the hand of God. It was the Abishter. But once Yosef says, all of you go home besides Binyamin... Binyamin's the only one that wasn't part of the Mechir of Yosef. This it doesn't make any, this cannot be the hand of God. Oh, no. This must be the hand of this guy. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's why he was personally angry. He realized this is no longer, he, Yehuda said clearly, this is the Abish to found the sin of your servants. But once Yosef said, no, the rest of you go home, Yehuda's like, nice. if so, this is, um, this is a concoction fabricated by this individual over here. Isn't that okay. lack of, of on Yehuda's part? 
No, but there's a difference. If somebody's hurting you, right, you don't have to accept it and let them hurt you. Unless you know for sure that they're the shliach of Hashem. If they're a shliach, if a, bez, if a shliach bezdin is, is going to kill you, not kill you, if a shliach bezdin is going <laughs> to implement one of the Dalad Mrs. Bezdin, you don't have the right to say self-defense, let me kill the shliach bezdin. You can't do that. You can't do that, right? Right. Be you have to, because it's, well, it's, he the is the messenger of God. But if someone's stomp hurting you, you fight back. In other words, so there's a... Okay. As I learned the Al-Sheikh, Al-Koponim, Al-Koponim, Yehuda and Yosef engage in a famous dialogue, a lengthy dialogue. And we begin with number one. Number one, I would quote it straight from the Medrash. I couldn't get into the library. It's all locked. So I had to quote the Medrash from within another Sefer. The Sefer is called Proshas Drochim. Proshas Drochim... There was an incredible Torah genius, uh, super genius, uh, almost 300 years ago. He passed away in 1727. So he was 300, 350 years ago. Yehuda Rosanis was his name. He lived in Turkey, <clears throat> and he was an incredible Torah scholar. The Baal Shem Tev, when he was a young man, once traveled to Turkey and met up with him. That's when he traveled, he was going to move to Israel. Right, so this, the, the problem, yeah, there were a number of times the Baal Shem Tev wanted to go. The Baal Shem Tov, though, only revealed himself in 1734, when he was 36 years old. The Mishnah Melch passed away seven years before then, so it would have to be while the Baal Shem Tov was still a hidden tzaddik, while he was still uh, unknown. But uh, we call him the Mishnah Melch. That's what Yehuda Rosanus is known them? as. One. How do we know they met? Oh, there's a story. Chassidim have a story written in Old Sfarim. They met and... <coughs> The Baal Shem Tov wanted to speak in Yiddish. The Mishnah Lamelech only spoke Hebrew, couldn't speak Yiddish. And uh, they were discussing the plight of the Jews in Ukraine. The Baal Shem told him about the Chemoniski massacres and everything. And the Mishnah Lamelech wanted to put his head back and was going to like wipe out the whole country, you know, with one. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, <Wow. laughs> that's it. So <clears throat> what happened is this Yehuda Rosen has passed away. And he had, he was on the best, and he was one of the greatest, he was a Svardisha, hence no Yiddish, but one of the, he was from, you know, one of the last of the great, great Svardisha minds, Ga'inisha minds. And uh, when he passed away, he hadn't printed his works yet. He had manuscripts everywhere. During the Shiva, his house was raided. Ganovin came and raided the house, you know, and stole stuff. And the place was in complete disarray. Papers everywhere, things destroyed. <clears throat> so he had a student called the Ma'am Lawyers, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, who wrote the Ma'am Lawyers in Ladino. There was a student, a great student wow. of uh, Yehuda Rosinus. So he went into the house, and he picked up any paper he could find, and he tried to make a seder out of it. <clears throat> and he took all of, pretty much all of the Nigla, and he called it the Mishnah Lamelech, and he printed it on the Rambam. So we have it today in almost any Rambam. The bottom you have the Mishnah Lamelech's commentary, which often is just pulpulim, pulpulim on end. It's not necessarily connected to the Rambam more than Gomorrah, this or that, but it was printed on the Rambam. That's how Yaakov Kuli decided to, to print it. <clears throat> and Yaakov Kuli also found, amongst the manuscripts of his teacher, Pulpulim on stories of Tanakh and Medrash, which was unique. And he culled together as many manuscripts as he could, and he put together a sefer called Prashastrochim. 
In fact, in the Mishnah Lamelech on the Rambam, there's often brackets. In the Mishnah, there's often mm-hmm. brackets, and every bracket starts off with a Rosh Tevis, Aleph Hey. It's Omar Hamagia, said the editor, which is Yaakov Kuli. And then he often has long essays of his own, Pulpulim. In Ma'am Lawyers, in his commentary on Tanakh, it's Medrashim, it's nice ideas, a little bit of halacha, but you don't see Yaakov Kuli's uh, uh, genius in learning. You have to look in the Mishnah Lamelech, in the brackets where he put in, inserted his own ideas. You see, he was a big uh, Talmud Chacham as well. Anyhow, so that's, that's the background of how the Sefer got printed. But it became an absolute classic, the Prosh Astrochen. It's Pulpulim in Tanakh and Chumash and many stories of Tanakh. Um, explaining them according to halacha, but he read very ex- 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 extravagant and original. <clears throat> and he opens up his sefer with the following question. The Abishta gave us the Torah in 2448, <coughs> granted. That's when we were given our Jewish identity, right? So does that mean that until that point, Avram, Avinu, Yitzchak, Yankiv, the whole family, all of the Abrahamic nation, for a couple hundred years, while we were in Mitzrayim, were we just another Goyish nation from Bnei Noyach? We happened to come from Shem, we were Semites, and we come from Avram. And it happens to be that some of us who had Ruach HaKodesh, who knew that one day God would forbid eating pork, or one day this and that, fill and this and that, so we decided to be machmer on ourselves early. Is that the case? Or perhaps... The Yidin were already given the Jewish identity well before Matan Torah. Maybe Avram was a Jew, Yitzchak was a Jew, Yankiv was a Jew, with all of the perks that come with it, leniencies as well. For example, if a Yid before Matan Torah would steal, would he get killed, like a Ben Noyach, like a Goy? Were they Goyim who happened to be Machmer to keep parts of Torah? But then if you steal, you know, you get judged like a Ben Noyach, you get killed. Or did they have all the perks of being a Jew? That's the question that he, that he opens up with. And he begins, Reb Shmuel Yafa was a very important commentary on the Medrash. He lived in the 1500s. I think it was in Turkey. In Parshas Vayigash, Perak Tzadigimel Simen Vav. So it's a Medrash in this week's Parsha. Omer Rabbi Simon, you know what Yehuda tells Yosef? You want to take Binyamin as a slave? Why? Because he stole... Amalo Yehuda says, Benimusus Shelanu, in our laws, we have a different constitution than you. Kasuv, it says, In the Chumash and Parshish Mishpatim, it says, A thief is responsible to cough up the money. If he doesn't have the money, he gets sold. But has guilt, he could pay for the cup. That's the Medrash. So Yehuda's telling Yosef, whatever you want to do to Binyamin, that's your set of rules. We have our own set of rules. Judge him according to our set of rules. Sehiksha, so the Marashi Afa says, what was Yehuda telling Yosef? Hare Kaimel on the law is a Ben Noyach Nereg al Shava Pruta. Ben Noyach gets killed for stealing a Shava Pruta. Veloy Nitin Le Shavna Goy does not have the option of restoring the theft. A Goy, once he steals, he violates the crime, he gets killed. <laughs> Who removed the Shvatim from that law? Before 2448. Before Torah was given by Harsinai in 2448, who said the Jews were removed from the status of a Ben Noyach? Who said they had the perks of being a Jew? Amongst which is if you steal, you could just pay back. That's the Kasha. 
Okay, maybe he has to pay kefil. But the, the law, you don't get sold for kefil. You only get sold if you can't pay the principal, not for kefil. The tirits and the marash yafa answers, that it must be that the Jews were, were completely removed from the category of the Noahites, even to be lenient. The moment Avram had his bris. When Avram had his bris, it wasn't just another mitzvah. The rest of Bnei Noach have seven. Avram has eight. No. Avram now became a Jew. And all of his enikluch after that have the Jewish identity with all the perks that come with it. That's the opinion of this Shmuel Yafa. Uh, he wrote, his sefer is called Yafei Toyar, a very important commentary on Medrash. Which Yafa? Reb Shmuel Yafa. Shmuel Yafa. He was the same time as the Levush. The Levush is in Poland. He is a, a Sephardish in Turkey, yeah. So says the Prochus Drochim, the Marash Yaf is back at it in another place. The Pashas Bereshis, Perik Tezai, and Simon Vov, there's another Medrash. Dibra Masal Gili Arayas Minolon, Vedovak Biishtoi. Right, the Medrash there is discussing that Odom himself was instructed on uh, either six or seven of the Mitzvahs Bene Noyach. And uh, it says Gili Arayas Minolon, Odom was instructed on moral relations, because he should cleave to his wife. That's what it says in Parashat Bereshis. V'zeh l'shoyne, comes to Marash Yaf and says, wait a second. There is an opinion in Mesech the Sanhedrin who says that just like the Goyim, one of their seven mitzvahs is a Gilea Raias, immoral relations, whatever is forbidden to a Jew is forbidden to a Goy. Now that's not the halacha. The halacha is only a relationship that a Jew gets killed for is a guy forbidden to. But if the Jew doesn't get killed, he only gets chorus, for example, marrying two sisters, then a guy is actually not warned on that. Yeah. But there is an opinion who holds, call whatever a Jew can't do, a guy can't do. So how did Yaakov marry two sisters? So usually we ask the question, if Yaakov kept the Torah, how could he marry two sisters? Here's a much better kasha. There's an opinion of Tanoim who hold whatever a Jew can't do, a Noahide can't do. So then Yankov, as a guy, glad he wasn't able to marry two sisters. The Tirits, and he answers. But there was no Yidin yet, I don't understand. So, so no, but even as a guy, can't marry two concept, sisters. Though. It wasn't what a Jew can't do. No, the Shail of the, of the Marashiaf is nothing to do with No, 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 nothing to do with Jew. A ben, uh, there's an opinion in Sanhedrin who says. Whatever a Jew can't do but as far as forbidden relations. Oh, the law. Oh, how? Okay, no, okay. That, that, that's just You're a sign. That's just a sign. No, no, that's, that's just a signal. That just uh, represents, but it didn't become a new law. But she was a, there was a goyot. She converted, no? Well, uh, we'll see about, so we'll see about conversion. So, Vitiris, the Marashiafa says like this. Once Avram went through the bris, Nivdul hu v'zaroi midin the Marashiaf is back at it. Once Avram had the bris, he and his children are no longer going. When Yankov married two sisters, the Giron, he converted them. In other words, just like you can be a pure Jew before 2448, you can convert as well. You can convert. 
and take on a Jewish identity. And you get the perk of being a newborn baby. Because the lace buhu isr kurva, there's no longer prohibition of being relatives. The havalekh gershin is kai. When a gersh megai, it becomes a newborn. The medin Torah biblically lace be isr kurva. Biblically, once a guy converts, there's no longer relation. They're not related. The nice you can marry even your sister. For sure, you can marry two sisters. Logically, yeah, we follow that today. No, the Chachomim answered certain. Minatayra, once a gear is Megayer, all bets are off. Right. But the Chachomim prohibited a number, not everything, but a few things they prohibited. They prohibited whatever was Osir as, um, as a Goy, is still Osir, and then certain other things they also prohibited as well. But certain things but remain Mutter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there's a, right. Right, some things they allowed, like an aunt, for example, to marry a father's sister, still allowed today. Midrabon is allowed to. Fine. <clears throat> but, uh, so the Marash says not only was there a Jewish identity, you could even convert. You could even convert. Fascinating, there's a Radvaz, there's a Radvaz. By the story of Shechem, so Shimon and Levi, they have the whole city go through Brismillah, and then they wipe out the whole town, right? And Yankiv screams at them, how could you have done such a thing? And they respond, should they make our sister into a harlot? By the way, that's where the story ends. They got the last word in. In other words, the Torah ends with their justification. The Radvaz, in his commentary in the Rambam, mm. says like this. You know what Yankiv was upset? Yankiv said it could be they violated crimes as Goyim, right? But now you made them Jews. They converted. Right. They converted. Once a guy converts... Um, any crime that he wouldn't be killed as a Jew, he doesn't get killed now. Certain things he would still be killed for. For example, if when he was a guy he killed a Jew, a guy gets a uh, herig. When a guy gets killed by court, he always gets uh, the um, guillotine. Right, the guillotine. The guillotine. The Hold on. So too, if a Jew kills another Jew, the missa is a herig. So if a guy killed a Jew and then the guy converts, he'll still get killed. A Jew kills a Jew is killer. Uh, Herrick, 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 Herrick. So if a guy killed a Jew and then he converts, he doesn't get off the hook. He still gets to sick. It's the same mister, everything's, it's the same death penalty. But if he did something as a guy, like ate Avram and Achai or something, and now he converts, since as a Jew, had he done that, he would just get lashes, you don't kill him now, right? Anyhow, so Yankov said that whatever crimes they did, now that they're Jews, they should be off the hook. That's, that's he says, oh, Shimon and Levi, Shimon and Levi, Tynad. You can't, you can't become a gear. They had a debate. Shimon and Levi versus their father had a debate. Was there real conversion in those times? Yankov said, yeah, there is real conversion. And therefore, they're off the hook from their previous crimes. Shimon and Levi felt, come on, the Torah is not given yet. You can't, you, can't, you can't really convert. If you can't really convert, then whatever crimes you did, you still have on your shoulder and you get killed for it. And they're saying that Yaakov married two sisters, according to them. <coughs> that's exactly that's Yaakov Lishitasai. Right. That's why Yaakov Lishitasai. They're going against third. Oh, fuck it. They, they Rachel. Why'd you marry Rachel? Just marry her. <laughs> Who asked you to marry Rachel? Taka? Who asked you to marry Rachel? You know, by the way, you know what the Maharal says? It's earlier, but the Maharal speaks about it. Why Rachel ultimately was not buried with Yaakov in Mara Samachpela. Why did God have it only Leah, not Rachel? 
it's because, so there's many reasons. So when the Jews by the Churban would pass by and daven by her, the Maral says it's because imagine how embarrassed Yankiv would be if for all future generations he's buried next to two sisters. It's, it's always going to be apparent that he married two sisters. Even after the Torah is given to, 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 to save him face, we said the first woman you married, she'll be with you. The other woman, uh, uh, who no one knows where she is. She's buried somewhere. She's out of the picture. Because or else, you know, once Torah was given, and every Jew will, will, will look in the Mars yeah. Machpel and say, Yaakov married two sisters. Imagine the shame. Fascinating idea why Rachel, Balea was chosen because she was the first wife. And Rachel was the addition. So that's why Leah was the one chosen to be buried in the Mara Samach Pele. So maybe Shimon and Levi, Taka, they didn't, they, they told their father, who Taka asked you? Taka, you can't convert. No one asked you to marry Rachel. But on the flip side, <laughs> yeah. it was Rachel that was the intention. And it was, he, he always, always understood to be Rachel, yeah. even the first night. Yes. It wasn't till later that he yes, discovered. Yes, yes, yes. We have a number so, of Shurim about that. So However, Toysvus, Toysvus, the, the Rivos says that when Yankiv was under the chuppah and he sees the girl with the, you know, covered in white, he wasn't sure who it was. He knew Lavan might be. So when he gave her the ring, he had in mind maybe Rachel, maybe, and also that night as well when he was with her, he thought it was Rachel, but just in case it was Leia, he covered both bases. But he had no basis to compare to. He never had a relation with Rachel before. That's why. That's, that, that's why he couldn't twins. tell. They were twins. No, no, but I'm saying. So that's why he couldn't like tell. He the right, right. Could tell the difference. Yeah, or he barely knew her. He barely knew that's, her. That's barely knew her. Right. Yeah, what do you think he did for those seven years? He was living the, I think he was living in their house. He had his own. I think Lovin led him in his house. Lovin had him far away. And, but Shimon and Levi didn't answer in a halachic way. They answered on a different level. No, the, right, no, the, that, that, no. Saying, I don't care, Jews, no Jews. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. insulted yeah. our sisters, the they're going to die. Or, or, no, because also, the, 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 what was the Why? crime that Shem had? What was the crime that Shem had? So the Rambam says... Yeah, you can't insult Yaakov's hold on, hold on. daughter. The Rambam says, because Shem himself had kidnapped, a guy gets killed for kidnapping, even a Jew. And the rest of the town violated By the mitzvah of dinim, or of, right, right dinim. that they have to yeah. um, implement but dinim. Get death for dinim. That, that's what Yankov's Taina was. Since they all they converted, didn't. as a Jew, you don't get death for, for being a, a, a sta uh, standing by. No, not for dinim. Yeah, but now that they converted, no, a guy, a guy gets death you, for that. If you don't have a bezdin, you get a death for all uh, Yeah, that's what, that's what the Rambam writes. It's one of the seven. Dinim is one of the seven. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says you don't, that they don't get killed for standing by, they have to do an active yeah, violation. But the Ramban so the, the Ramban, active. The Ramban says the issue of Shechem was they had, are you kidding, they had Averis for years, yeah, like idol worship and everything. Was, but the, no Rambam, the Rambam said, the Rambam learns, Shechem himself violated kidnapping. The rest violated mitzvah number seven, which is to implement the other six laws. And although it's a passive violation, the Rambam holds it carries a death penalty. So the Radvaz says Yankiv's Taino to his sons were once they went through Brismila, they converted their Jews. A Jew doesn't get killed for, for, for lack of judgment, for standing by. Shimon and Levi's response was, there's no conversion now. And therefore, they still, they're still goyim. They still have that uh, chip on their shoulder. Their well, wait, no, he doesn't, he doesn't no. respond. But the way they write it, right? The way the way they answer it is not a halakha. Actually, the way they were saying that they, they intend to convert. Unacceptable. What they did. 
The shy is the no, the, the, the shy is. How could he made her a zayner? And everyone was quiet. And everyone was quiet. You know, she made her to a zayner, and they didn't do anything, and they let it happen. So you just have to add, and they let it happen. You have to add those words. Okay. Anyhow, so I'm just saying it's a fascinating. By the way, the Mishnah Lamelech, so I'll just throw this, okay, we're going to get going. The Mishnah Lamelech says that the debate of Yosef and his brothers was the same thing. He says that Yosef told his father numerous stories about his brothers. One of them was uh, the Aver Menachai. He saw his brothers eating Aver Menachai. And everybody asks, did he see it or did he not? If he did, cash on them. Even a Ben Noach can't. If he didn't, cash on Yosef. What's he telling his father? So the, the Shalos says, right, they made animals with Sefer Yitzira. Yosef was unaware. Fine. Comes the Prussian's Drachim and says, it's talking about an animal that was shechted, but it still jumps around for a few minutes. For a Yid, once it's shechted, it's shechted. But a Goy, a Goy was never told the laws of Shechita. By him, it's li- alive or dead. By a Goy, if it went through Shechita, it doesn't matter if it's pulsating around, has to wait until it's completely dead. So the brothers were eating from an animal after it was shechted, while it was called mefarches, still jumping around. So the brothers said, we're not doing nothing wrong. Why? Because they held that they were Jews, with all the leniencies, including the fact that once the animal shechted, although it's pumping around, it's shechted. Yes, it's like we're Bnei Noyach. A guy, you have Avim and Achai on your head until the thing is completely dead. So he says that Yosef versus his brothers had an internal debate. Aren't Shimon and Levi different than the Radvaz? Well, yeah, it doesn't all fit together. It's a different right. The Radvaz makes it a debate seemingly between Yanke versus Shimon and Levi. Including one of the answers of the brothers were, "What are you talking about? Jews? The Goyim are not going to care. He killed a bunch of Jews." Yeah, that, that's the that's the old <laughs> that was the that's the old Jewish answer. That was me. <laughs> that's the type of Jewish humor that kept the Jews going in exile. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, once they all have Bruce Miller, no one will care about it. Anyhow, so, uh, okay, back to our discussion. So you see, that it doesn't all add up perfectly. It's different, it's different options, different perspectives. But uh, back to over here. So we're still quoting the Marash Yafa. So he says, um, okay, we're number one, about five lines from the bottom. Hadover Pashut, so this is the Mishnah Lamela talking. Shekol Zeh, all of these Marashi office theories about Yankiv and about Yehudas, that, Yehud, that Yosef shouldn't get uh, be sold or die, rather he should just pay back, is if you say the Yatsul Miklal Benech Legamri, only if they exited Noahide completely, then Chashivi Rochov Gershin is Geir. The only way to say that Rochel and Leah are considered full fledged Geirim and they're not related, Lesbo Kurva is only if you can have a complete Jewish identity with all the leniencies, right? Because you're giving them a leniency that now the two sisters can marry Yaakov. And this is all, he's trying to explain the opinion in Sanhedrin that holds whatever is ushered to a Jew is ushered to a Goy. So glad, how did Yaakov marry two sisters? So you're creating a leniency that, well, there was a Jewish mm. identity then and you could convert to it and have the, the, the perk that now Yankov can marry two sisters. But if they did not leave the Noahide category to get the perks of a Jew, rather they were considered Goyim who happened to be Mahmer to keep Torah, then marry him because for Bnei Noach it's considered an erva. Okay, so that's what the precious Drachim wants to say. So this is how he begins his long, long book. Okay, 
So the truth is, look at number four. It's really a debate between Tosis and the Ramban. It's a, we'll do this, this part quickly, but we just have to say it because it's so fundamental and basic. It's in Parshas Emmer. The, the Torah is a story. There was a guy, his mother was Shloimis Bas Divri, who was actually the wife of Dosan. And one night, there was a Mitzri who set his eyes on her. He threw Dosan out of the house. He spends the nights with her, and uh, he impregnates her. A boy is born. And the boy becomes the Makalo, the cursor. And in Parchus Emmer, he goes out and he really blasphemes and he gets killed. A very unfortunate saga. What was his deal? His mother was a Jew, his father was a guy. The Pasuk says that he, he went amongst the Jews. The, the Medrash, the Alachic Medrash, um, the Sifra, says that he was Megayer, he converted. What in the world does that mean he converted? So the Ramban and Taisus have a big debate. Look at number four. The Frenchies say, this is the Ramban in Spain. The Frenchies, the Baalei Taisus say, right, Kitam Hagerus, you know why this guy had to convert? It was before the Torah was given. Toysus holds before the Torah was given, the Yidin were like any other Goyesha family, and you follow the father. Just like by Goyim today, if the father's a Mitzri and the mother is from Edom, the kid's considered a Mitzri. You follow the father. Because you follow the father. So this kid was a Mitzri. Before 2448, we were just another descendant of Noach. The when this kid was born, he didn't have a bris. Even though Avram's family, he's not from Avram's family. He was a Mitzri. When he grew up, he was Megayer. He decided to, to join the Jewish people and he had a bris miller. That's what Taisus holds. Uh, before the Torah was given, that um, he joined the Jewish nation and he had a bris miller. The ain daiti kach says Ramban, I disagree. The moment Avram had a bris, they were Jews. A pasuk in in Bolak that they're no longer amongst the goyim. Like the Gemara says about Esav, Dilma maybe shiny. The Gemara there is saying, how do you know a goy can inherit his father? Does a goy biblically inherit his father? So the Gemara says, yeah, Esav received land. Part of the promise that Abisha gave Tavram says the Gemara, maybe Yisrael Mumer Shiny, maybe Esav was a friar, the Apicurus, but a Jew. And maybe he's different. So that means you see that we're giving him a Jewish identity and saying, you can't learn from Esav to a regular guy. He was not a Ben Noach. The Kasa says the Ramban, the Kavachemer, the Kavachemer. If Laacher Matan Torah, if after two, four, four, it. When Akusi, a goy, a bas avram, a goy who lives with a Jewish woman. Mechai ve'lavin, right? A Jewish woman living with a goy. It's a techai ve'lavin. It's awesome in Torah. Probably from Loisis Chasimbam, from the Pasuk in Veschan, you can't marry them. Ein loy bakidushin, he can't affect any kidushin with her. In other words, he's, com- he's considered complete, f- completely foreign to her. He mikveh tohoira, she's like a mikveh lo'umas. When the zera leaves the goyisha body and enters the Jewish woman, the Eibishtek, it's almost like uh, <clears throat> when someone donates Zerah and their identity becomes obscured forever. 
right? So in Torah, the Eibishter cuts off. The moment the Zerah leaves the body of the guy and enters the Jewish woman, the Eibishter completely cuts, severs the Zerah from the donor. The woman becomes like a mikveh. She makes that Zerah, that semen kosher. Le'umus, le'achshirez v'lad, the least the kid should be like her. So says the Ramban, if that's the halacha today, for sure, before the Torah was given, when there was less of a distance and a divide between Avram's family and the Goyim, for sure, the kid should be like the mother, to make a chayv and milah like Zari of Avram and Miklal ben Israel. So we have over here is a debate. So according to the Ramban, the moment Avram had a bris milah, they had Jewish identity. With all the perks, like 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 uh, Ace of being Irish, and maybe a guy can't, but a Jew can. So according to Ramban, what does it mean that this Makalo, this Makalo, whose mother was a Jew, was a Jew? So what does the Sifra mean that he converted? So the Ramban says what it means is that when the Abishta gave the Torah, this guy had a choice. He could have joined the Egyptians, right? His father's Docha Mitzri. He chose to join us. He chose to join the Jewish nation. But in identity, always a yid. The Ramban holds. So uh, the Mishnah Lamelech quotes this in, throughout his essays. This is, uh, this is really, as far as the Rishonim, a real basis of debate. Teisus versus the Ramban. Teisus holds before the Torah was given, we were just another Goyish nation. According to the Ramban, we had the Jewish identity with all of the perks, the fact that you follow the mother, and uh, etc. By the same token, if you have a Jewish father with any woman, then the kid should be Jewish because... Rav Asi holds that. In Yavamas, there is an opinion who holds that. But uh, we learn out from the end of Parshas Veschanon. Rashi explains over there. The Torah says that you shouldn't allow your children to marry into the Gentile nations. And it says that if your daughter will marry a boy from the Gentile nations, then your anakul will be swayed no, no, following his father. Hold on. So you see, the Torah considers your grandchild from your daughter to be your anakul. But it doesn't say the other way around. It doesn't say that if your son would marry their daughter, then maybe their daughter will swear your anakul after the idolatry. So Rashi says, you see from there, that if your son marries a Gentile girl, their child is not your child. It's not your grandchild. Child follows the mother. So we learn out from those psukim that it only goes one way. You follow the mother, not the father. The Rav Asi holds you follow the... There are opinions who say that. There are opinions you need both to be Jewish. Fine. But the Allah is, like the Ramban says, this is the Allah in Shulchan Aruch. You follow the mother, you follow the mother. So this is the basis of the, of the debate. Okay. So where does this take us? It takes us to the following. Um, look at number two. Number two. This is really... And uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Boom. This is the precious drachim again, another paragraph. He says, I have proof that the Jews were Jews even for the perks and the leniencies. You learn Parshish Vayishlach. It says, Yankov came to Shechem, he camps outside the city. It says he entered Friday. In the third line of number two. As the sun was about to set, was still day. He was where his position was going to be before Shabbos, so he shouldn't uh, walk too far on Shabbos. You see from here, Yankiv kept Shabbos before it was given. Yankiv kept Shabbos. 
Also in Parshish Miketz, in yesterday's Parsha, Yosef tells his attendants, Tvoyach Tevach Vahochen, that you should uh, shecht and prepare. Ein Vahochen Elo Shabbos, preparing refers to Shabbos, like it says in Parshish Bishalach, that the Torah says on Friday you should prepare. And Yosef was telling his attendant the same expression. Hada Amr, that Yosef kept Shabbos. So we have Medroshim, both Medrash Rabbis, and Parshas Vayishlach and Miketz, that claim clearly that both Yosef and his father Yankiv kept Shabbos. Vakasha says the Mishnah Melech, Bom Kasha. Hari on the law is in Perak Dalad Misses in Sanhedrin, a Ben Noach Sheshavas Chayiv Misses, a Goy cannot keep Shabbos. It says in Parshas Noach, Yoim Velaylo Loish Boy, so day and night you cannot rest. The Imkain Eich Shomro Yankiv Yosef is a Shabbos. If Yankov and if the whole family were really uh, just another Goyish family, okay, the Abrahamic family, but they had all the dinim of a Goy. They just wanted to be machmer to keep Torah, very nice. But you can't be machmer to keep Shabbos, because as a Goy, you're not allowed to. There's, the, there's a number of Mephorshim who, who explain why Avram Avinu didn't get a bris till he was 99, right? The famous Shiloh. If Avram did everything, why did he wait till he was 99 till Hashem told him to have a bris? So by the Marshos, the Marshos famously holds, Avram didn't begin to keep the Torah until he got a bris. It was only after he got a bris that he took it upon himself, you know what? I'm going to start keeping all the mitzvahs that will be given one day. So the Marshos says before he was 99, before he had the bris, he didn't keep any mitzvahs. That's why he didn't do the bris. It was only after he got the bris, he was machlid, I'm going to keep all the mitzvahs. That's how he explains how Avram married Hogar. Hogar's from Mitzrayim. He can't marry a woman from Mitzrayim. It's a clear one of the lavin till the third generation. How did he marry her? Because he was younger. He was 85 years old. It was before he started keeping mitzvahs. Avram married Sarah. Avram, okay, whatever. But uh, that's the Marshal's opinion. So that's a one interesting answer. But others explain that Avram Avinu couldn't do the bris till he was told by the Abishnah. You know why? Because you can't harm yourself. Mm-hmm. Hashem told Noach in Parshas Noach, You're not allowed to harm yourself at all. So Avram thinks, I'm a Ben Noach. I have all the chumras of a God. I want to be machmer to keep Torah. Fine, so you want to wear tzitzis, beautiful. I can't do the bris because it violates my chief obligation of my, I am a Ben Noach. My other personal chumras can't, don't give me a, a, a way out from my original obligations. So the same Shaila can ask Kavir, how they keep Shabbos? You want to be machmer to keep Shabbos, but as a girl you can't. So Lechor, you see from here, that the opposite is true. They actually were full-fledged Jews with all the... They're no longer goyim. Even to be... They have all the leniencies. They're allowed to keep Shabbos. And that's why Yosef... That's why Binyamin should not be taken as a slave. He should be able to pay back, etc., etc. This is the famous raya the Prashas Drachim gives. The problem is, that fits very well with the Ramban in number four. The Ramban holds that they had all the perks of the Jews. But what about Tesis? What about the Frenchies? The Chacha, I shouldn't say. The After the story I said with Baruch Mezhubuzhi, right? Someone called the Altarebbe the Litvak, remember? And he had a horrible side. We shouldn't call the, the Frenchies. Um, but the Tsarfatim, the Tsarfatim, the Baalei Tesis, you know, they're not chopped liver. If they believe that um, until the Torah was given, we were just another anakul of Noyach, okay, we were given a special mitzvah of Miller, but we were really 
at the core we were B'nai Noach, we were okay, we had certain advantages, we were holier than the rest, the Abish that favored us, we were already somewhat chosen. But if we were just machmer to keep mitzvahs, then how would they have been allowed to keep Shabbos? It goes against their original and chief obligation as their identity as a Ben Noyach. How do you explain it according to Tesis? The Prashas Drachim fits it with the Ramban very nice. According to Tesis, what are you going to do? So there are many, okay, okay. So the, one of the famous answers, the Chsam Sefer. The Chsam Sefer writes, I heard from an early, uh, uh, a Godol or a Kadmein Echad, an earlier scholar. They wore tzitzis. They wore tzitzis. How does that work? So the way most people say it is like this. If they were Yidin, they have to keep Shabbos, but wearing tzitzis is considered part of your clothing. But if they were Goyim, then what are they wearing tzitzis for? It's just you carrying. If you have random strings hanging, you're carrying. So they broke Shabbos through, through, through their tzitzis. So as Yidin, they were good as Goyim. Exactly. So the Manashech, they were good. So the truth is like this. That worked. You know, we once had a shear. If somebody, if a ger had um, the bris but didn't yet manage to go to mikveh, there's infection. This, what does he do in the interim? Is he still a goy so he has to break Shabbos? Or do we say he's already somewhat a Jew, he should keep Shabbos? Right, exactly. Yeah, we had a whole share about it. So there, we're talking that you, it, it makes sense to say let him wear tzitzis in the Rosh Hashanah. You know, if he's considered a Jew, then he's keeping Shabbos. If he's considered a goy, then he's breaking Shabbos. So that's how most people want to word it over here. The issue is, though, that we're looking at it from the viewpoint of Tesis. It's not, there's no Mimonashach, if he's a Jew, if he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. So what's Avram trying to accomplish? He's trying, you have to word it a bit differently and say, he's trying to accomplish to keep Shabbos. But how's he keeping Shabbos? He's wearing strings. Since later in the future, the same type of person who wears Shabbos would have to wear these strings. So as far as Shabbos is concerned, these tzitzis are not considered carrying. You can't say if he's a Jew, if he's a guy, because we're talking in the yeah. view of Tesis, right? That's, that's what I'm just pointing out. But either way, either way, I'll tell you, the Chsam Sefer has a bigger kasha. I had the same question. I saw that he had it, and I was, uh, I was pleased. The Chsam Sefer says, wait a second, wait a second. The Chsam says like this. His question is the other way. Avram, Avinu, Yitzchak, Yankiv, they all wore tzitzis. Why are they wearing tzitzis? They're trying to fulfill the mitzvah of the future. Then even if they're goyim, it's not considered carrying on Shabbos. It's only considered carrying on Shabbos if it's useless. Stam goy wearing tzitzis, it's useless. What's he doing? It's useless. But if they're trying to fulfill a mitzvah, Let's say the, the, the others were all B'nai Noyach, but the fact is they're trying to do all the mitzvahs of the future, right? That's a fact. They're trying, so they're trying to wear tzitzis because one day it's going to be a mitzvah. They want to already get in touch with that spiritual energy. The way the Ramban words it in, in, in his commentary elsewhere, they were like, like someone who does a mitzvah without being commanded to do it. But you get a certain level of reward. It's not as great as when you have a command, but they wanted to get a certain level you do get a certain portion of the mitzvah, a certain amount of reward. So the Chsam Sefer says, even if they were B'nai Noyach, that wouldn't be considered carrying on Shabbos. If you would stop them on the street and say, ah, you're breaking Shabbos because of those strings. No, you can't say that. Can because thing? since they're trying to access the mitzvah of tzitzis, it's just like us wearing tzitzis. Well, it's part of the beggar. It's, it's only considered carrying if it's, a, 
if it's unnecessary, if it doesn't accomplish anything. One. They already started to become worthy to Matan Torah for the whole nation. They were, they, they already Okay, but, but halachically, what was their stance? But, but there was no halacha yet. No, no, B'nai Noyach, there was seven mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. And the fact you can't keep Shabbos. No, you can't keep Shabbos as a based on a posuk in Parshish Noyach. But they were no longer, they were no longer real goyes. Well, no, we don't, well, 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 okay. There happens to be a ritva, there happens to be a ritva on Masech Tuxuvus who says a third option. They weren't goyim, but they weren't yidin yet. They were quasi. They had left this, the Ritzvah well, says once Avram had the bris, they were no longer going. He started the process. They didn't become full-fledged Jews until the Torah was given. Course, yes. In fact, Rabbi Yosef Engel learned that's the same thing when a guy has a bris between the bris and the mikveh is the same thing. The bris makes him no longer a guy, but until he dunks in the mikveh, he's not fully a Jew. He's, he's exactly as they were. Right. For those couple of hundred years. But the, the Prashas Drachim doesn't mention the, that possibility. He's mentioning only one or the other. They're either B'nai Noach or they're Yidin. Because once you give them this quasi-state, so then, you know... Taisus is also only saying non, that they're not Yidin. Right, B'nai Noach. Right, right. No, only the, the Ritva. Questions. The Ritva says quasi. Yeah. The Ramban and Taisus seem well, to be it, the, so the two polar opposites. So you can bring this up to How would you put him in, the, in this? I mean... You know, he is before Matan Torah, Gamkin. So it's the same. Uh, yeah, the same yeah. Thing. You know, the Medrash says that Moshe went to Pari one day and said, You're overworking the Jews. They work seven days a week. They're going to plot. Give them a day off. You'll gain more. They'll work better than but the other six days. Two, exactly. And he gave them Shabbos. Moshe implemented Shabbos. He convinced Pari to give them off Shabbos. It was his idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so hold on. So let's. So the Chsam Sofer wants to throw the Tzitzis off. He doesn't like the Tzitzis. The, there are those who tie in that they wore tefillin. <laughs> if a Jew wears tefillin on Shabbos, if you have in mind to do the mitzvah of tefillin, then it's another issue, Baal Tosif. You're adding to the mitzvahs of the Torah. But as far as carrying on Shabbos, tefillin is considered lavush. It's a cloth, it's a garment. For a goy to wear tefillin in the street, he's tam carrying. So you give a similar answer. The others... Yankiv Yosef, they wore tefillin on Shabbos. No, it's the same, same type of answer. The same type of answer. That's, you know, that for Bnei Noyach, they didn't keep Shabbos, they broke it because they were working out with Stam. But you know, the, the real question is, yeah. how can they wear the tefillin before Matan Torah? Because, <laughs> what did you... What, what did they put inside what of it? Did you put? Exactly. Okay, so right, so it was, uh, so it's, uh, it was a bit different, but uh, it, whatever, whatever they... that's a little bit uh, touchier. No, no, forget that. They, 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 they did something which represented tefillin. They wore something that represented tefillin. Whatever it was, whatever it was. So as far as their Jewish part of them, it's, it's a lavush. It's a, it's so a clothing. That, but, the as far, but as far as Bnei Noyach, they're still carrying stuff on Shabbos. Okay. Then you have to say, why a tzaddik as big as Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov would do something that, that unless they absolutely knew and believed that it's something they need to do, that they have to do. So it wasn't a question of, they, it, it's a fashion. It's, it's, not, it's not about, no, 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 no. But if you do it for the mitzvah, it becomes a clothing. No, that when it comes on Shabbos, it is about fashion. When it comes on Shabbos, the difference of are you carrying it or are you wearing it depends. If it's fashionable, you're wearing it. If not, if it's then it's just carrying. If you do something for the mitzvah, that makes it fashionable as far as walking out in the street on the Shabbos would not be considered carrying. Um, 
I'm about, I was about to share something else. I forgot, probably better than I Sorry. forgot. So we can go weiter. Let's go. Comes Rabbi Yosef Engel in number three, and he wants to say the following answer. Before Matan Torah, every Shabbos they would do Malacha. Two people doing a Malacha together. If two people violate Shabbos together, they're potter b'Yisrael mikra. If you're a Jew, you're potter. You know why? Because the pasuk says when she violates the crime. Yachid If one person does it, you're chayv. Shnaim Two people, you're potter. That's by a Jew. Because the pasuk of kra, the pasuk of basoisa hanal loimer to tell you that b'shnaim shosu by a Jew there's a special pasuk, and if two people do it. We don't say each one individually did it. We consider that each person did a little dismixas and not a full malacha. But by a goy with the lekker cord, there's no pasuk. Because call atoyerly Israel nemers to yid, not to goyim. So then by a goy taka, it's considered that both of them did the full act. The ain and they didn't rest. So he says, very gishmak. Let's say Yankov and one of his kids, they broke Shabbos doing something. They, put, they both picked up the chalent pot and put it on the fire. So as far as keeping Shabbos is concerned, it's again, you have to say, as far as uh, Torah is concerned, as far as being a Jew is concerned, it's not considered breaking Shabbos. Two people did it. As far as a Ben Noyach... He had to do this every Shabbos, him he and somebody home, else. He did all these amazing things. But once on Shabbos, once on Shabbos, he and somebody else, and Yosef as well with somebody else, did an act together. So he says this, so this thing as, doesn't work? No, this would work. No, but I'm saying according to him, the tzitzis thing wouldn't work. He doesn't bring the tzitzis. He doesn't bring the chsam soifer. But the tzitzis is brought the chsam soifer. The maram shik, the chsam soifer's Talmud brings the tzitzis. The chidushi harim brings the tzitzis. Reb Chaim Brisker brings the tzitzis. Many people bring the tzitzis. But I just mentioned the Chsam Sofer asks on the tzitzis, the Lechayrim. So what about the Jews in Mitzrayim? Did they keep Shabbos? No, so the Medjah says that... The Memtah, Shari, Tumah, I mean, they didn't they even have mitzvahs. Shabbos. They were forced to work. It was Avodah Zorah. They were steeped into magic, Avodah Zorah, all the voodoos of Egypt. It's part of the Zion mitzvahs of B'nai Noach. Right. Even as Goyim, they were... Uh, they were steeped. Right. When you say the Isser of keeping Shabbos for a guy, it means keeping Shabbos the way you didn't keep yeah, Shabbos? Yeah, So then, then it, they, were, they were keeping Shabbos if they, as a Yid, because for a Yid, this is not, it's butter. Yeah, no, no. It means that the actions, a guy can't, a guy can't do the same actions. Is the actions or is the Shemir Shabbos? What does it matter what the actions no, the, no, for, 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 for a guy, you did a Misa. No. I think everyone assumed, everyone assumed no. you could say that, that the prohibition is for the guy to go through a Shabbos yeah, with the same with the, the, the same um, idea as a Jewish Shabbos, so you, you don't do any of the 39 malachas. The guy just happens to be on an island with no way to do anything that breaks Shabbos. That's not a way of... If a Jew sleeps through Shabbos, he's not keeping Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. You didn't keep yeah. Shabbos, you just didn't do any malachas. It, says, it doesn't say <laughs> Shofar. 
You're not allowed to sit there with your hands tied. Shinib Shabbos time. No, I'm saying sleep through the whole <laughs> well, thing. No, no, it says Yom Kippur even, if you have to do that better than doing Kippur's everything. Different. Kippur's different. Kippur's different. Kippur's question Kippur's also applied to yeah, a yeah, gear Shabbos in, in between the time. Fasting is not. Okay, but it might. If you can't do it, might. So people actually do that long. No, because it's the same time. If you wear it a whole week for the mitzvah, then on Shabbos it's not going to be a massive. There's a shail about a woman. If a woman wears Tzitzis no, on Shabbos in the street, does she break Shabbos? You should hold yourself back from doing malachas. She wants to do the midst of Tzitzis. So there's that's a Morgan Avram who wants to say she's Chayev Chatas if she wears Tzitzis on Shabbos. But sometimes, because it, it's if she doesn't wear it during the week. But if a woman would wear it during the week for the mitzvah, then it becomes a lavush for her on Shabbos as well. So then Taka, the some surface child would be even today. The some surface child would be even today. If someone Taka between the bris and the mikveh, if he's wearing the tzitzis because he wants to do the mitzvah for the part of you know for the part that's Jewish, then completely it's not considered a, a masa at all. <coughs> Anyhow, so I'll, I, I will tell you that the issue with this Rabbi Yosef Engel is the famous vort of Rabbi Kiva Eger. See, the Rambam holds if you have uh, if you have kilaim two different animals pulling a wagon, right? Two different species. It's a isra. If you have, now how do you violate the Isra? You have to get those animals to move. Let's say you have a hundred people holding a rope and all of them are pulling those two animals together. The Rambam says they all get Malkus. Even though only one was needed to pull the rope. So Rabbi Kivega says, wait a second, what happened to the general rule of Shnaim Shosu? Right, if two people do something that one person could have done, you're Potter. So Rabbi Kivega says, you're only Potter from a carbon." and maybe from death penalty. But Malkus, you're always chayef. So therefore the Rambam says, by the kilayim of having two different animals together, you still get Malkus. You're still over the prohibition. It's just a carbon you don't get. So according to this answer, Yosef Engel wouldn't satisfy. Right. Because that means that they broke Shabbos as a Jew. They just don't get punished. Right. 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 So still, it's a right. So comes up Yosef Engel in number six, and in another, he gives another answer. Oid he says, the asum meleches they got an item which was prohibited for benefit for a Jew, not prohibited for benefit for a guy. They mixed, they, they cooked basar b'cholov together, milk and meat. So for Jew, it's also for benefit, for a guy, it's fine. The fact they want to keep Shabbos in the world of Torah, they didn't break Shabbos. Because if you carry, if a Jew carries something which is prohibited for benefit, something prohibited for benefit is considered non-existent as far as carrying. The Gemara says something which has no value that nobody ever uh, puts away for lead, no one ever saves, has no use. You're not high for carrying it in the street. So for the as far as Torah is concerned, what did they carry? Nothing. But this item for Ben Noach is Mutter Ba'anah, so they were partially carrying something. They're partially carrying something. That's another option he gives. That every Shabbos they had to get hold of an item that was, that was, no, Chazer is Mutter for benefit. You have to get something like Bosor B'cholov or uh, Vineyard Kilayim, something which is prohibited for benefit. Yeah. Right, okay. So this takes us. Get creative here. Yeah. It makes Arab Shabbos very stressful. <laughs> if you look in the Minchas Chinuch, the Minchas Chinuch says that every Shabbos they would do a Chatzishir. 
Chatzah Shira, half the amount of a Malacha. By Jews, you see, when Moshe stood in Har Sinai, the Abishta whispered in Moshe's ears all the Shiurim, all the amounts. A Kazayas of Chazer, you know, a Kazayas of Matzah, all the Shiurim, a Revius of liquid, all the amounts were told to Moshe in Har Sinai. And they only applied to Jews. Goyim were never given a Shiur for anything. There's no Shiurim, no amounts by a Goyim. So says the Minchas Chinuch that if on Shabbos they did a Malacha less than the Shiur, so as far as Torah is concerned, they didn't break Shabbos, it was less than the Shir. As far as a Ben Noyach, they worked, because the Ben Noyach was not given Shiurim. You can't no, say it was too that. small, there's no such thing as too small. Mm-hmm. The only issue is, but wait a second, that means that they broke Shabbos even as Jews, because Chatzi Shir, less than the amount, you don't get the punishment. You still get the crime. Same as right. the two. It's the same as the Shiloh we asked from Rabbi Kiva Egeron of Yosef Engel. So the truth is, I'll tell you, there are some that believe that on Shabbos there's no prohibition of Chatzishir. Is it Chazilat Terefi on Shabbos? Oh, so there's a Shagasari, right? Bechlal the Chacham Tzvi holds Chatzishir is only by food related items. The Torah said we learn it from Chayla, forbidden fats, it's only by food related items, not by actions. So the writing. The ch- yeah, he holds one ice would not be prohibited. It's only if you write two letters on Shabbos to be Chayev, one letter is not a biblical prohibition. He holds actions. Bechlal, and Shabbos as well, would be Minat uh, Torah, a non-issue. So that would help understand the, the Milchus Chinuch's option. But now we come to number seven. Number seven is the famous answer of Pinchas Baal Hafla. Pinchas Baal Hafla, who was a student of the Magid, the friend of the Alter Rebbe. By the way, the Rebbe Rashab says a story that the Alter Rebbe once saved his life because Pinchas Baal Hafla was extremely ill. And the Magid of Mizrich said, you know, we got to somehow figure out an answer to, to help the Pinchas. The Altarebbe got some students together, students of the Magid, and they paskened, based on a Rambam, that no one knows where this is, that once somebody is teetering between life and death, his like is dead, and therefore the decree has already been fulfilled, <laughs> and Takir Pinchas Balaflor recovered. There was a whole n- number of letters between the Rebbe and uh, Rabbi Rifkin in uh, St. Louis many years ago, back and forth about which Rambam this could be, maybe it was a Rashi, and the, where exactly the source of, uh, of this idea is. But either way, the Alter Rebbe saved the, the Balaf. Of- yeah, so the, yeah but the, oh, it could be a Rashi, it could be a... Yeah, so- was he one of the few that were with the Alter Rebbe or the many that were against the Alter Rebbe? We don't know. We do know that when the Alter Rebbe started to write a Shulchan Aruch, while he was by the Magid, he would show his writings to the Balaflor to get approval. So the Balaflor says like this, the Torah says in Parshish Noach, day and night you shouldn't rest. It doesn't say night and day, it says day and night. By a Goy, it's dawn till dawn. The 24 hours is dawn till dawn. By a Jew, it's from dusk till dusk. So he says like this, you know what a Goy can't do? A guy is not allowed to rest from Saturday morning till Sunday morning, or any day of the week, the truth is. But it's all from dawn to dawn. But a yid keeps Shabbos, Friday night, to Mitzray Shabbos. So you know what the others did before Matan Teda? They worked on Friday, they worked Mitzray Shabbos. They rested our Shabbos, they rested our Shabbos, Friday night, Mitzray Shabbos. For guy, it's not an issue. For guy, it's not an issue. So he says in number seven, 
He writes it twice. He writes it in his uh, Sefer Hafla on Gemara. He also writes it in his Sefer Ponim Yafas uh, on Chumash. Kosov, he writes, Liashiv, the Isu Yoim Velayla is to rest by day and the following night. Because before Matan Teda, the night was after the day. Ad Shenem, until it was said, Me'erev ad Erev Tishbusu Shabbatchem. So this already sounds like. See, some people thought the Balaf law meant the difference of a Yid and a Goy. That for a Goy, it's always from dawn to dawn. And even today, the prohibition of a Goy would be from Shabbos morning to Sunday morning. And for Yid, it was always from night till night. Um, the problem is the Oruch Lener, Big Rav in Germany, he, dis- he disputes this word. By the Balaf law, is not the only one to say this. The Noi de Yehuda says it, and others... The Balafla throws it away and says, there's so many psukim in the Torah where it says first, Yoim Valayla, but it doesn't mean that. The, Hashem told Yeshua, Vagisaba Yoim Valayla, learn Torah day and night. Does that mean that for Yeshua, every day started in the morning and the next morning? No. For Limadat Torah, it does. For Limadat Torah, when a boy becomes bar mitzvah, the moment Tseisek Echavim is chayiv in learning. We make a berachas in the morning. That's because the night's a hefsek. That's because the night's a hefsek. But it works for the night after. You don't need to make a new bracha by night. Because the sleep, the sleep's a hefsek. Because of the sleep. It's because it's situated around sleep. But that, and that's because of, but as far as minatur, the mitzvah, the first night of bar mitzvah boy turns bar mitzvah, nice chayv and learning. And from then on, it's night day, night day, forever. It begins at night. So the Aruch Lener says, the fact that it says in Parshas Noach, day and then night, say it means from dawn till dawn is, is, a, is a beichsvar, is a guesswork. He doesn't like it. But the truth is the Bala floor doesn't say the difference of a Yid and a Goy. He says the difference of before Matan Torah versus after. It could be the Bala floor would agree that today for a Goy as well, it's from night till night. And, and the Shabbos that he can't keep is our Shabbos as well. But, bef- but that was only when Hashem said, Me'erev ad erev tishpusu shabbatchem. From night until night. Once Hashem said that, it became clear. But before then, it was taka. It was taka. The ish- every day could be bechlal before Matan Torah. The cycle of life was dawn till dawn. That was a 24-hour day, dawn till dawn. And therefore, when you couldn't keep Shabbos, then it meant from dawn till dawn. That was a day. But Avram wanted to keep the Shabbos that will end up keeping after the Torah is given. So he already knew about the idea of night and then yeah. day. Okay. Why was it Yom Tov? Oh, hold, 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 hold. Oh. So, so this is the Balafla. The Balafla was a Rebbe of the Chassam Sefer. By the way, the Balafla was a student of the Magid, but then he got a job a rabbi in Frankfurt. When he came there, he didn't openly speak Chassidus. The Chassam Sefer says, I never heard the Balafla mention the Zayar. I told you, in his Sefer, Ponim Yofis on Chumash, there were numerous mentions of the Chassidus from the Magid of Mizrich, and they were all taken out when they were printed. Misnagdim yeah. got hold of the Sefer, they printed it, and it was all removed. And Reb Chaim Tzanzer was mamish Baroigis, he was very upset, like, didn't want to look in the Sefer, because the hand of the Misnagdim removed any mention of Chassidus. But the Chassam Sefer does write in a letter that I never heard the Balaflor mention the Zoyer. He ca- but the Chassam Sefer was a student of his. The Chassam Sefer had another teacher, Reb Nossin Adler. Reb Nassan Adler, who was also living in Frankfurt, and he was a big Kabbalist, and unfortunately he was kind of ostracized from the rest of the city. He had his own minion, and uh, our tradition is he actually came to the Magid of Mizrich. It was a clandestine visit. It's all uh, in, uh, in mystery, shrouded in mystery, his visit to the Magid. 
But the Chsam Sofer learned from him too, and Chsam Sofer was a, a huge fan of his. Nebuch Rebnasen Adler, he, uh, he only had one child, passed away, and he didn't leave any Sfarim. So we, all we know from him is from the, the Chsam Sofer. But one thing we know is like this. The Gemara says Avram Avinu kept the entire Torah. And it says even Eid of Tavshilin. He kept everything, even the Rabbonons, even Eid of Tavshilin. Random, like a random example to choose. A random example. So Toysus in his commentary in Chumash says it doesn't mean the Eid of Tavshilin we make on Yom Tov. It means Eid of Tavshilin, which means mixing foods. It means when Avram served the Malachim in Parshas Vayera, it looks like he served the milk and meat. Right. No! Avram was careful not to mix the foods. That's how Toysus learns the Gemara. It means he was careful not to mix the foods. But the Chsam Sofer quotes from his Rebbe of Nasan Adler. No. You know why we say Eid of Tavshilin? When do you make an Eid of Tavshilin? When Yom Tov is on Friday. Avram made Eid of Tavshilin, meaning he made it on Thursday for a Yom Tov which would be on Friday. If Yom Tov's Friday, it means between Friday and Shabbos, he rested 48 hours. So night, day, day, night, whichever way you're going to go, the fact is he definitely, even if you're going to say the Balaf Law's word, that a guy is only restricted from day and then night, he rested from day and night. Matzah Shabbos. Yeah, but he rested from Thursday night till Matzah Shabbos. So from Friday. Okay, but from Friday. Yeah, but the issue of a guy resting Shabbos is really any day of the week. As long as they take a 24-hour period and rest. Mm-hmm. Even with the haflor that is day and then night, he did Friday morning and Friday right. night. Right. So the Chsam says, I heard from Abnas and Adler, the reason why the Gemara's Eiv Tavshilin is dafka to teach me we're talking about when Yom Tov was on Friday. And it's to knock off the answer of the Baal HaFlor, to show you that he dafka, <laughs> that he kept Shabbos, and this answer doesn't work. So how did he do it? So Nassim Adler was of the opinion of like the precious drachim that must be they had the Jewish identity even to be lenient, even to be lenient. That was the, that was the take of Nassim Adler and the aid of Tavshilin was coming to dispel this answer of the Balafla. Tavke. Anyhow. Okay, this is one more. One more. Okay. The morale is, you know, you can go, you can go. There's this one other thing. We're all discussing how they keep Shabbos. How did Bechal they learn Torah? The same Gemara in Sanhedrin says that a guy who keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa, he can't learn Torah either. So, how, so the Maral in number 8 is discussing how Noyach learned Torah. Rashi brings in Parshish Noyach, how did Noyach know which animals were the kosher, which were the treif? He learned Torah. So the Maral says, but the Gemara in Sanhedrin, if a guy learns Torah is Chayiv Misa, <laughs> says the Maral, only after the Torah was given to the Jews, like it's clear in the Gemara, because she, the Torah is considered our fiancé. But before Torah was given, it's okay. Meaning like this. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says there are two reasons why a guy that learns Torah is Chayiv Misa. One is Torah Tzivalon Moshe. Moshe gave it to us. It's ours. If a guy learns, he's Chayiv for theft. He's a thief. A guy can't steal. It's Chayiv Misa for that. Since it's only figurative, you know, theft, therefore he actually Bezin won't kill him. If a guy keeps Shabbos or learns Torah, the Gemara says it's Chayiv Misa. But Bezin doesn't actually kill him for these things. You know, doesn't actually kill him for these things. So it's either from the fact that Moshe gave it to us, so we own it, so a guy is Chayiv for theft. Or Moirasha, in inheritance, the Gemara says, Moirasha can be read Moirasha, it's our fiancé. 
So if a guy learns Torah, he's chayef a giliarai. It's another one of the seven mitzvahs. But since it's only figuratively, therefore he actually doesn't get killed for it. But says the Maharal, that only applied once the Jews received the Torah. Before the Torah was given, it's not the fiancé of the Jews, and it's not the Jews' property, so a guy could. That's what the Maharal said. So the truth, the, in number five, the Prashat Drachim says the same thing. The Mepharshim debate, the Lavush was not happy with this word to the Maharal. It existed in the same way it existed after the, the one that It existed, but it was, it was in heaven. It was in heaven. The question, Chanoich Bechlal, while he was alive, he would travel to heaven. He spent most of his life in so heaven anyway. And he would bring down ideas down here. And he taught Mr. Shelch, who how did Noach learn Torah? Who did he learn from? The Pashas was Mr. Shelch, who learned from Chanoich. Where did Chanoch get it from? He spent most of his life in heaven. Noach taught shame. All the others learned by shame. The Yalkut Shemani says, Avram spent, he learned Torah from shame. Yitzchak learned from shame. Yaakov spent many years by shame. By the way, in, in Medrash, there's one. Rabbi Lezer says, you know where Avram learned the Torah from? Rabbi Lezer says it wasn't from shame. It was his own gut. His own gut gave him the intuition. So the al story, he once walked into a shul, and he clapped on the bim, and he says, what does Rebbe Lezer mean? How did Avram's God tell him exactly what the mitzvahs were? So Rebbe said there were once two shikarim in a bar. There was Ivan and Boris, right? And Ivan tells Boris, I love you. Boris says, Ivan, yeah. He says, yeah, I love you. So Boris says, Ivan, what's bothering me? Ivan says, how should I know? He didn't tell me. So Boris says, if you really loved me, you would know. So the Altarebbe said, Hashem refers to Avram as Avram Oyavi in Yeshaya. Avram is the one who loves me. Therefore, Avram was able, his intuition, to feel what the Eibishter would want. But uh, the standard opinion is Avram learned from shame. Yitzchak, we definitely know, went to shame. Um, so how do but what was this? And Avram, yeah, and Yankov is shame. What? What was it? It was like a, it was like a skinny book. It was the parts of the Torah. Well, maybe we'll have a shir on Thursday about what they do in the yeshiva of shame, the Avram. But... Uh, <laughs> they learned a lot. They were learning a lot about God. Avoy Zorah, which is big. Oh, Bechlal. Like, you know what? You know, I once heard. Hello, hello. No, all these debates. The reform. The reform. Ask Akasha. If the Avos kept the whole Torah, that means they wrote a Sefer Torah, right? One of the mitzvahs. If Yaakov wrote a Sefer Torah, he should have seen that Yosef was still alive. It's like the joke, everybody wants Every year, the lady says, "Exactly." This time, this time, no Rashi. So how do I answer the question? The Rashba says that most of it. How do we handle Ankalos, who was wasn't a Jew when he already started learning Torah, and then if someone is learning Torah, so first of all, Torah the written Torah is different. It's the oral Torah that they're chayev. The written Torah is okay. Oh, but he learned oral Torah. Okay, so it depends. First of all, if if it has any relationship to their mitzvahs, if it'll help the guy understand their own mitzvahs, they're allowed. More than that, if they're learning it because to pique their interest in Yiddishkeit, they're allowed to do that too. But that answer goes all the way back too. It's not limited after Matan Torah. It was also okay. That's higher. if it piques your interest in order to convert. But if a, if you're not able to convert, then if conversion okay, wasn't a possibility, and Avram foresaw that it won't happen for hundreds of years. We started this by the question of if having a bris creates a conversion. Well, that, 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 that's, that one opi- the, that's one that opinion. That's one opinion. Yeah, but, but we also said that's the Ramban. And we would, our, our whole discussion was in Tosfos, 
who holds that they were B'nai Noyach and conversion well, wasn't I able... I understand. I hold with Ramban. I think he's... Uh, <laughs> You're in good company. And he appreciates it. That's it. You it's can solved. be sure that he appreciates to hear that. He, uh, he got an extra like in heaven, an extra like. <laughs> he, he was already Subscribe, please subscribe to his channel. All right. Anyhow, okay. Thank you. By the way, you know...